amigos y amigas, the, it's Monday Night Football, we like to call it here, the Mexican Soccer Show. Welcome to another hour-long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football, Mexican soccer. We're going to jump right in, heading into the top of the hour. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we'll start with our wonderful question of the night. Now that we know that all the rankings and all of the teams are going to be in the playoffs in the Liguilla, who do you think will be crowned champions now that everything is in set and we can see at least out of the eight teams? And we'll start with Mr. Cesar Hernandez, hablando de Tijuana, San Diego area. He's always there. Mr. Cesar, how's it going? And isn't he your winner? Uh, Duno, I think, uh, let's see, I'm going to be, I'm going to choose, uh, Veracruz, right? Los Tiburos, yeah, <laughs> just in Mexico's first mission. I'm kidding. Um, I think, I mean, the easy answer, I mean, it's Tigres. I, I think there's something to be said about, uh, momentum heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at everyone's last three games, I mean, Tigres have been the best size. I, I'm, I'm sticking with Tigres right there. It's the easy answer. I know it's not that exciting, but I, I, I'm sticking with Tigres. All right. Tigres is in. I think you can go back and, I think I've always it's like it's it's like the answer that everybody gives right before the Liga starts, especially it comes in with Tigres coming in, and fifty percent of the time it's happened last you know like in the last four years. So uh, when you pick it, so all right, we'll see how it is. Scotty joining us again in the Mexican Soccer Show in Dallas, Texas, right? Dallas, yes, yes, yeah, right? Dallas, Texas. Triple D. Why is it called Triple D? All right, we'll get. We'll did get did Guy what. Fieri name Dallas, Texas? Is that? That- Sounds like it on one of his episodes. He did come by, so. All right, all right, all right. Uh, you know her from uh, Food Mix Nation. Does great videos every week on the video, uh, the game of the week, and uh, also is one of the only people that called out Mexico beating Germany. We're going to go ahead and give you that title for a very, very long time until uh, something else, someone else calls even a bigger feat. Uh, so, uh, Gadi, thank you for coming on on the show. And uh, amazing jersey collections we have in the back. Let's see. We have, I see Leon, Irvin Lozano, and yeah. Leon, and the Mexico jersey, and then the black Mexico jersey. So you already see the alliances that she, this is. I went know. Mexican tonight. <laughs> you went Mexican. <laughs> and then you went with Leon, too. So we'll talk about it. You know, we could have, like, the Bocelli uh, drama uh, show today, if because you, you and I are, are on the show. So the only Leon fans are out there. Agreed. But, Cesar had to come in, you know. Talk I'm about sorry. The, we could uh, talk about the earthquakes. I got an earthquakes. I'm sure everyone here in Mexican soccer <laughs> wants to talk about the San Jose earthquakes. Yeah, San Jose. There's, you know, at least there's some kind of Mexico uh, connection in there. So yeah. Gadi, uh, you see the liguilla. You're pretty great at predictions. Let's see it. Who's going to be the winner in your eyes? Well, thank you guys for the invite. I'm very excited to be back with you too. Um. I had a good streak going on with my videos. I had seven right games, and then it went downhill. So for La Liguilla, I'm going to go with Cruz Azul. I think it's finally their year. Um, I think we I've said multiple times for those who have listened to me, they they did a good job reinforcing the summer, getting the players already established in Liga Mekis, and it showed. Um, they have a good compact squad, so... First, their first time back in La Liguilla in so many years, so I'm kind of eager to see how that goes. And I think, with depending on if they make it a quarter, semis, final, wherever they land, I think it's already a great achievement for them. Um, I know everybody's going to be like, "Oh no," but they no. I think it's achievement achievement for them, and I think we should applaud. And it's just a project that's a long term project, and we're definitely going to see results more in the future. So I'm going to go with Cruz Azul. Going with Cruz Azul. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great choice in 
it's a little it's bold right because of the history of Cruz Azul but Cruz Azul now with uh, already at least the pressure of winning a tournament with the Copa MX I, I like I like your your pick on as far as a Twitter and I'll give my answer in a bit I, I, we saw some Santos in there um, tell us uh, we'll continue to to read your predictions so if you're listening to us and uh, go on the Twitter and reply to the Mexican soccer show we'll read off who you are gonna think who you think will win the Liguilla um uh, and uh, it, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be some good. I'm excited for this league. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna go with America. I've said it. You know, they've been oh. at the top uh, at the top of the uh, of the tournament. They've they look good. I think they've been favored almost every game. And yeah, they might have lost because uh, obviously if they made some mistakes. But I, I I feel that you know you have your Tigres with Jinak and the scoring there and the way they've closed down. Um, Santos doing a good job. Cruz Azul, but I. I'm seeing America just kind of take it about a year, and the rivalry between America and Cruz Azul will keep growing. Um, could you know? Could we see you know, just like the drama that unfolded a few years back? So um, that's also the pressure. I think Piojo, if he doesn't win, I think, or if he doesn't do well in this league, I think there's also be some problems there with the, the leadership of the team. So I'm going with America winning, and uh, we'll see where where this goes into it. Uh, joining us right on cue, we planned it perfectly, is also it's, uh, Amy Lopez, who's worked here with the Mexican Soccer Show, also with Next Nation. And we're going to be talking a little bit more with her on a couple of uh, things. But first, Amy, to put you on the spot, since you came in right away on our introductions. Uh-oh. Who do you think is going to win the Liguilla? Uh-oh. What did everybody else say? <laughs> I said Querétaro. Uh, uh <laughs> Said Leon. Weasel said uh, the LA Galaxy. Great, great choices. Um, I don't know. I think it's because Moises Munoz put a tweet like right before this all started. I- I'd like to see a Cruz Azul America game with America winning again, like they did. What, like five uh, years ago? I can't believe yeah. you said that. So. That was in t- 2013. What a yeah. bad prediction. Yeah. That was on my birthday. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so look a- you know a- amy didn't know uh and uh you and i picked the same team amy so uh yeah uh, looks look, looks like let's see what oh what uh, now i have to change my answer never mind um, it. change it because it's gonna be uh, you're gonna get mad when america does win and you change it you could have been no you could have been a winner with me but no it's kind of it you know if from all the from the international break and and what happened with Mexico and playing, and we'll get to that in a minute, kind of just a recap of what we have. Now kind of the Liguilla sets in, and this is where I get started. If if, if I'm all about the playoffs in Liga Mekis and the drama, so it's a, it's a lot of fun right now. All right, saying hello to everybody on the Mexican Soccer Show chat. We got Osiel uh, Gutierrez, Eric Sanchez, who's telling El Toro, says, what are we waiting for, Wiso? It was uh, me. Oh, <laughs> Carlos Colunga Navarro. It was me. They're waiting on me. Um... Osiel already saying, Cari knows what she's saying. And saying, let's go, Cari. Eric Sanchez. Uh, Eric saying that Amy just looked like she woke up from a nap. So, See, Excuse so, me. I just oh, got back from picking up my children and then putting them it, in a, somewhere where they will be quiet. That's what I'm dealing with right now, okay? Eric Sanchez, you have been banned forever. I'm sorry. You'll have to return your Mexican soccer show membership card. <laughs> The M guy does say Santos. A lot of you guys are saying Santos uh, and uh, saying hi to Lou. Uh, hello, I have arrived. So thank you for arriving, Mr. Lou. So we'll, 
we'll uh, we'll be there, guys. It's gonna be a very very fun show. I think this is uh, one of the first times that Amy and Cady have been on the show with Cesar and I. I don't think we've had this, so uh, we're gonna have a lot a lot of fun. Mr. Tom Marshall is traveling. I believe he's still in Argentina. I don't know if he was trying to stay for the Boca River game, and it keeps getting postponed. I feel bad for all the journalists or all the fans or anybody that went to go over there and all the craziness that's happening between the, the, the games. And i definitely been waking up every day. I'm like, all right, is it going to be today? Because I, I, Libertadores final between probably the two most hated teams that hate each other and the rivalry, I would think, in any sport. I don't know. So if you I also just think I also just think it's a British thing. They take like serious vacations. Sometimes Tom <laughs> be like, "Oh, I'm going to go on vacation." I was like, "Oh, we're going to be back." He's like, "Yeah, a month." I was like, "What?" <laughs> so I think that's maybe that's what's going on in Argentina. He's like, "Yeah, I'll take a short trip down." He's going to be back the in like, wealth. February. The wealth. Look at that wealth. Must be nice. <laughs> I go on um... vacation like two days to LA, and I'm like looking at my checking account. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see what time's at. Adriana, I know she was supposed to jump on, but uh, she couldn't. So it is just us, and we're going to be talking a lot, a lot about uh, well, mostly the Liguilla. We'll 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 talk. We'll touch that um, a little later. But we want to make sure we get the reactions uh, from uh, from the Mexico games that we just uh, obviously Argentina Mexico played in the Argentina Mexico 2.0 with the dos acero that we saw. But first. I uh, want to head and talk about the historic win. Sub-17 youth ladies uh, make history uh, in the quarterfinals of the Sub-17 World Cup. And who better to kind of give us a uh, a little wrap-up on what happened. If you guys were, watch- were watching a great PK shootout with amazing performance from our keeper. Uh, definitely something to look forward to. And now kind of exciting that kind of keeps us uh, as far as the World Cup with can you imagine if if the men's team won in 2007 and in 2011 and then now the the women's team you know in 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 that sense i know it may not translate to much but at the same time i think it's exciting so we're gonna go with uh amy and cario to talk just a little bit about it but amy uh i know you kind of joined us and you have to leave off but i want to give some uh, uh give you the floor uh to talk a little bit about this historic win yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, aside from the penalty shootout that it eventually went to, the game itself was just absolutely exciting. You know, it was. It started off where Mexico was dominating a lot in the first half. Um, no goals were scored during the first half. And then the second half, like right away, Ghana just scores their first goal. Um, bad defending for Mexico, in, in my in my opinion. Um, even in the first half, there was a moment where uh, my little gooner, Silvana Flores, she got injured or the ball hit her like really badly in the stomach and she had to come out for a little bit. And I mean, Ghana started the game the way that they wanted to or Ghana restarted the game as fast as they wanted to, obviously, to have the advantage. Some of the Mexico players weren't in agreement with it. But I think that kind of took them off their game for a second. And then it kind of just stayed like that for the rest of the first half. So then there were no goals in the first half. Ghana scored like right off of the bat in the second half. Mexico came back and scored off a PK and then Ghana scored again from from a substitute uh, from a sub that came in like two minutes before that. And then Mexico. And then honestly, that's one. I know she's I know she's under seventeen and everything, but that's honestly one of the best free kicks that I've ever seen. Like late into the game, I think it was like the 80th second minute or something. I can't remember exactly what time it was, but it was just like an amazing free kick that she scored. That free kick um, was better than like. The 180 minutes I saw from the men's side against Argentina. Let's just say that it was just. It's just. I even went to go check the highlights like after the game because I'm writing something right now, and it was just. It was just such a good goal. Like I was like, man, imagine that feeling. And she's so young too, so you know, like her career is barely starting. So like to score that young and have such an important game, it was great. 
And so obviously um, for, I guess for this World Cup, they don't go to extra time. They go straight to PKs. So 2-2, regular time. They go to the penalty shootout. And then Heidi Gutierrez is just the hero of the match. She's, she saves two goals. All the Mexico players score their goals. And then they advance. And it was just, uh, I even made note of it. All of three of the four players that scored their goals are Liga MX Feminine players. And then Heidi Gutierrez, which is the goalkeeper, she plays for America. So, I mean, if anybody was doubting whether or not the league is working, it seems like it is. You know, yeah. they haven't, they haven't, I, we, we talked about it on the podcast um, over the weekend, you know, they don't seem to be scared. They seem to have, like, you know, all the practice and all the games that they've played with their regular club teams, it seems to have translated when they go to the national team. And, I mean, now they've made history and... I think it was, I think it was great. Like I, I was, it was in the morning and everything. And I was just like, I felt excited. Like, wa- like I just like walked around for a little bit, just pacing in my house. Like, wow, they they made it to the semifinals and stuff. So they faced Canada um, for the semifinal and that's on Wednesday. So if anybody has a chance to watch it, I highly recommend you watch it. I, I recommended you watching the quarterfinals and I don't know how many people listen to me, but I recommend watching the semifinals. <laughs> Well, you know, I think people go for exciting football, and this is exciting football. And you, although you could, you know, see that uh, under seventeen, whether the guys or the girls, you know, the it's 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 still fun to see, and you see cracks like just like that free kick that you, that we see towards the end, and then going to PKs, uh, you know, too bad for the Ghana, you know, players because you know it looks like they were going to win, and then all of a sudden uh, they got stolen. So it's awesome, it's awesome to see that question, and this is just kind of in there. Obviously, the U.S. is always a powerhouse. Were they in, the, in this World Cup? And maybe I just didn't see that they get eliminated earlier. Yeah, they got eliminated during the group stage matches, and there was a there was a few discussions like on Twitter and stuff about. Um, I think this isn't the first time they've gotten for the U seventeen level anyway, where they've been eliminated. Um, Do they not take it to the, from the group stage? Do you see not players that are underneath? Is that maybe that's something? And not not just as a curiosity, since they're a huge powerhouse. I would think, in all levels of 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 the women's game, they'd be a powerhouse. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, like, how much – I don't have as much information um, about the U.S. side, but I do know that in terms of, like, what I saw online and stuff for them being eliminated, it, was, it wasn't, it was you know, aside from all of the stuff that U.S. soccer is dealing with right now, you know, it just added more fuel to the fire. So, I mean, they were – they're out, but – Well, let's all, in, so. let's all cheer for uh, the U-17 side. That's uh, going to be historic if they make it past the semifinal stage. And how great would it be? I know it was not the greatest of summers for women's soccer in Mexico, missing the World Cup, and I think at least a lift, because I think that's you know definitely needed for the following. We've seen the the the, the Liga MX femenil and the following in that, and I think it'll just be great for the sport. Yeah, because after the failure of the senior women's team to qualify for the next World Cup, I, which still kind of hurts, you know, as a Mexico fan, it's this is fantastic yeah. news. It obviously doesn't. Uh, redeem it completely but when you look at the roster and you see that i mean amy said right there that a few of those players who play in Liga Mekis Femenil had a crucial role uh in that match i mean 12 of the 21 players registered um with uh that national team uh are registered with a Liga Mekis Femenil team and also you got to give credit too to Monica Vergara uh for this historic run to uh, the manager never uh, for the Vergara's are they does anybody know because it's what was that are they related to the regattas, the Chios regattas? <laughs> I'm just throwing it out. I feel like there would already be an article about that. There would be some sort you... of like... Yeah. Well, the Cuellar is related to the Cuellars. So, like, I'm just like, I know it runs in the same field of people. 
I don't know. Could be. It could. They it's could funny. Be like I, I just assume cousins. everybody's related to each other because, like, every, like the, every time, yeah, that you're talking about, yeah, is like he... every time before we record, I ask Adriana, like, "Hey, is so and so related to so and so?" Because they have the same last name, and she's like, "Ah, I don't think so." I just assume everybody's related to each other. Well, we all know like, that Chicharito is my older brother, so I mean, naturally, like, yeah, just, of course, it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and Gallito hang out all the time. <laughs> we've we've just we've disowned Chofis from the Lopez clan, but I mean, he, he, he can do what he can do what he wants. I love Chofis. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there, Amy. How dare you talk about your brother like that, Amy? But on a serious note, I think yeah, talk about Vergara. I think uh, she she's done a fantastic job. But I thought was kind of impressive too was that there was a quote that came out. Um, after the match, I mean, historic for Mexico. It's incredible. And she said, we haven't accomplished our goal yet, which kind of, and I, I kind of took a step back when I saw that. And I think that says a lot about that, uh, that ambition from the national side. And like Amy was saying about you know, how this team isn't playing with fear. And I think you see that from not only their experience at League of Feminine, but just how well they've done this tournament. And against this Ghana inside that uh, they were the favorites against Mexico. They were first place in Group A. Mexico sneaked into the knockout round as a second place in Group B. So I think uh, I think you got to give a lot, a lot of credit uh, to not only uh, the girls on the team, but also to Vergara uh, yeah. as, as a manager. Yeah, yeah and I mean, uh, it's a... It's like a common theme, right? The, the, mentally, they check out if, if like a challenge is too big for them to try to overcome. And I mean, they came back. They were losing 1-0. They scored a goal. They were losing 2-1. They scored a goal. And then PK is probably, you know, the, mer- the most nervous a player can get. Penalty shootout. And they stepped up. So I think mentally, I think mentally you're seeing it. I think on the field you're seeing it. You know, they're they're... They're very young, right? They're still young, so there's still a lot of time left in their careers to see how they're going to go. But for the most part, for them starting, they're doing really well. Well, and the fact, I mean, when I was looking at the PKs, I did get to see, I, I watched the PK shootout, and it was, the PKs were great. I mean, these were like in the corner. You can get, you know, Navas couldn't stop one of the kicks that was right in the corner. I was looking at that. Um, and uh, I think the last PK, it was just on the bottom and the left from the keeper, kind of like, you know, that picardia that we see sometimes. She's like, I'm going to make this and you're not going to stop. And I think they were all to the right of the keeper um, and, and when I was seeing that. So just awesome display. I think always, you know, continue to support uh, the ladies, and uh, especially in the World Cup. Um, and uh, I think they uh, – I think it's going to be great. Hopefully, you know, we're all going to be watching and they're able to go. And how great would it be if even if they make a final, you know, and into that and, and to have that. So cool, cool. Thank you so much, Amy, for the update. And I uh, will continue to listen to the Our Football podcast there from Kari, Adriana, and Amy, who talk all about the Mexican soccer, including uh, the men's, the women's, and all it related. Really, really great discussion last uh, last week on all the different tournaments. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it last week from the U17s, so what's happening with the men's, also with women's, and also Liga MX and Liguilla and the, and the men's. So awesome things that they do. So um, definitely uh, will continue to support um, our football podcast. Listen to it, subscribe to it on the SoundCloud, and then also uh, all retweeting and obviously following everything that's happening there. So thank yeah, you. So follow much. us because we, we really have so much fun. Um, it is a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun and we talk nothing but, but football. So you guys can, are more than welcome to join us. So 
No, it's great because you, you've all heard enough from like me and Weasel and Tom. Who cares about us? But we need like new voices in there. I'm t- I'm tired of us too. Uh, we need. I don't know. It's good. To I'll never get voices. tired of you, Sessa. Right. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I sometimes get tired of you, Sessa. Thousands, thousands of people would disagree with you, but thank you, thank you. <laughs> all right, uh, Amy, would you be sticking around with us so we can give us an update on the, uh, uh, you know, on the predictions table a little bit after our three talk, or do you want? Are you going to oh. come back? Oh, yeah, I'll come back later. I, my my okay. pager went off. Sorry, I have to go. I have to go now. All right. So, Amy I'll is back. also a doctor at General Hospital in L.A., so she's going to go do an operation with you. Bye, Dr. Lopez. I'll be back. I swear I'll be back to explain the predictions table and everything. Live tweeting is Amy. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming in, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Okay, goodbye. All right. All right. L3. Do we, have, do we have to talk about L3? Yeah, we do. I mean, we need I have kind of a cool discussion that we can talk about it. I know people are upset and, you know, all these games and then, you know, the, the leadership and memo talking about which, um, you know, his comments that we talked about yes last week, just kind of review, review really nothing happened last week that we can see any, any positives. I mean, we keep talking about negatives, but Cesar Arcadi, Anything positive from last week? That's Mexico. If you missed it, dos a cero early one minute. You know they score, and then Mexico really didn't do anything. Argentina really didn't do anything, and then another uh, defensive mistake, almost so that two zero. And then I honestly started just looking at Twitter, and then I tweeted to my mom about you know how can I put a twenty five pound turkey in the in the microwave <laughs> over on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and you know she's like. The cool thing, she's like, Miko, why don't you bring it to my and I'll, I'll cook it for you. And and then I forgot what happened with the game. You like, <laughs> didn't miss out on much. Um, positives. Can we get some positives out of this? Um, the only positive that I can think of from these two games in Argentina is that they were played in Argentina. That, <laughs> that's probably it. Why? Because Mexico needs to extend to foreign grounds and feel the pressure. And I think, honestly, these six friendlies have been mostly for nothing. Why? Because we shouldn't take them seriously. Why? Because there's no blueprint for the three right now. We don't have a legit coach right now. Yeah, there's rumors, but it's official. So all in all, they're just friendlies. Why? Monetary reasons. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have a three play six games after World Cup. So I think Ali appreciated playing in foreign ground because they get to have a different atmosphere and feel the pressure because not everywhere they're going to be home. In Mexico, they're home. In U.S., they're home. In Argentina, they're they're not at home. So mm-hmm. I think other than that, just giving a few minutes to some youngsters and that's pretty much it. So be- yeah. Go ahead. Sir. But before I, I answer this, I have this kind of, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody in, in, in federations, close to the federation. And, and, you know, that question of six games after world cup, why Mexico has never done that, you know, after a world cup, they played one in 2010. I think they played another one after 2014, if I'm not mistaken, but six, and what I kind of got the response from, and I was a little surprised, is that it was actually a lot of the Conmebol teams asking to play CONCACAF teams because they didn't have anybody to play during the FIFA dates. Hence why Mexico went to Argentina. Um, so in in that sense, it kind of makes sense that Mexico, like if you get, if Uruguay calls you up and says, hey, we want to play, you know, because that's how it's negotiations of one person to another. It's not like Mexico goes, who do we want to play? It's other teams asking Mexico to play. Granted that they're in the U.S. and all of that. But because of the FIFA date, I'm starting to get a little bit more sense as to why these games were planned. Do you as a federation, Cesar and Cari, or the president of the FMF, a team's calling you to play, do you say no? You know, especially monetary reasons. Yeah. 
right. But I think they just had to take it. And the youngsters played. We saw some good, you know, some players are coming, regardless if we don't have a coach. And I don't think that's the FMF's fault. They wanted Osorio to come back, right? And mm-hmm. they it didn't. They wanted to make sure. I think they've had Tata Martino from the very beginning and lied about all these 24 interviews. It's, they, it's been already in the books about Tata Martino and the context. I think they've had it way before it was leaked. And then they're just waiting for Tata Martino to be over with. If Tata Martino was done and didn't, and Atlanta didn't make it to the playoffs, and uh, and it would have been done. I think Mexico had already been with Tata Martino and already stepped in. So I feel like I know we're throwing FMF, and it's it's right that we do that because of the the past and the history of how they run um, Mexican soccer. But I don't really see the the frustration that all these players have against the FMF when. I, I think they're just trying to, you know, get Tata Martino in and play as many games as possible. So yeah, 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 a little bit of a tangent, too. Uh, what I was going to say is that, like, I, I talked about this in the last episode, but I think that having those six games is kind of a blessing in disguise because a lot of us have talked about just, like, oh, if, what what would Mexico look like if Duca was manager? What would happen if Duca was manager? We've, we've talked about that a lot. I think that discussions really first really started after that, uh, after that CONCACAF Cup win where Duca genuinely did a good job for Mexico against the U.S. men's national team. And over the last six games, we've gotten, we, we've gotten, well, we've had that opportunity uh, to see him uh, coach Mexico through six different matches. And I think what we learned was, is that Duca isn't worthy of coaching the national team. You know, I, I think that's the truth. And I think the unfortunate truth too is that, I mean, I, I don't know how much control he really has over the roster selection, but you do question why, why was he choosing Pulido? Why was he starting Pulido? Why was he bringing in Cata? Why was he bringing in Duenas? Why was he bringing in Brizuela? So I think that, yeah, there were a lot of games. Yeah, I, maybe six games an ideal after the World Cup, but I think the scheduling kind of, I don't know. Did you freeze? You still there? Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi went out. I'm back now. Thuka, uh, I, I have. There's a rumor that Thuka just kind of like shut off my Wi-Fi for a second there after I was uh, talking a little smack right there. But long story short, I think once again, I think it was a blessing in disguise because we we gave Thuka that opportunity. We gave Thuka an opportunity in friendlies, not, not matches that are really meaningful. Uh, friendlies where it really doesn't really hurt Mexico that much in a World Cup year, and I'm glad that we gave him that chance and that he showed that he's just he's not ready for three. He's not ready for three, and I'm glad. And I'm glad I... we saw that. I I I, I, I just disagree, <laughs> and that's just so. Remember, I think the last time I was on, I had told you guys I would like to see Tuca, and you guys were kind of like, "Really?" I honestly think Tuca ne- has neglected Tigres as he's neglected at Selección Mexicana. Like, mm-hmm. I really think so. Why? Because it's just from Tigres, and then has a couple of days with Selección, and then goes back to Tigres. You know, so I think. I wouldn't, I don't discredit Tuca at all. I think what he's done with Tigres is, is awesome. I do agree. I wonder how much control he does have over the roster because there's some players that I'm like, really? Like, again, for what? Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you, eh, I'm, I kind of disagree. I don't discredit Tuca, but I think everybody was being really harsh on Tuca and I don't think Tuca has a lot to blame for. Um, I, I agree. That's a good point. I agree with you and I disagree with both of you. <laughs> Everyone's wrong. I, I, I don't think that we should judge Tuca. Oh, he cannot. He's not, uh, um, you know, manager material for the national team. 
I, I think if if it came down to it and Tata said no and everybody and Tuca gave the 100 percent and I, I would like to see what Tuca can do with the national team, what he's done with Mexican soccer. He's going to look at what he's about to do with Tigres. Like they're a well-coached team and it's going to come in. And they yeah, can that's, that's also the I most talented it. team. He's, he's not it. he's not coaching Gareth, yeah, though. He's coaching I'm Tigres, not, yeah. I'm not saying that it isn't, but I, I if if it came down to it, and I'm sorry, if it came down with Almeida and, and Tuca, I would, still, I would pick Tuca personally personally, which what he's seen and what we have. I don't think this was fair to say Tuca's done because he gave him six teams because when we did, when we gave him the chance, he beat the U.S. in the U.S. in that cup. Like he did, and, it, and he played Argentina, almost beat Argentina in a very, very good game, in a very, very good game back in, in Dallas during that time. So again, but at the I, same time, I don't think Tuca should be our na- our manager. I, I, I think... I think the other thing to say, too, is like regardless of whether you think Duca is good enough to coach Roll 3, maybe uh, he's capable of doing a little bit more. But either way, I think what he, 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 he really squandered his opportunity. He was given six games. He lost five of them. And I think that and I think it's much more. And, and you know what? And it's much more than those five losses. When you watch those guys, you watch most of the way that Mexico played. I mean, I, I don't know. The, the, the players looked a little, I don't know, unmotivated. There was a lack of really ideal like ideas going forward in the, in the, in the final third. And I think when that happens, you kind of, you kind of have to look at that man. You kind of have to look at the manager when there's really a lack of enthusiasm from, from most of the players on the field. And I, I think maybe you can make the argument. Yeah. Maybe Tuca is worthy of being given an opportunity field three, but I think, I think bottom line, he really wasted that opportunity over six games, over, I, over six games. I think if Tuca had the roster he had in world cup, these six friendlies would have gone differently mm-hmm. because in all in all, he's, he's not going to start Shaka. Let's be honest. He's not going to start on his If he had the elite European squad from world cup and these six friendlies four out of six games, I definitely would see them winning, but no, that's fair. Tecatito, Jimenez in the first games, you know, I mean, I think even the first, the first two games, um, it was Torrado who picked the, the lineup, you know, to, I, again, Again, I don't think Tuca should be our national team manager, but I don't say, okay, Tuca, you had your chance. So, but uh, um, thank you, Tuca, for taking over. Who else would have been for this, those those six games? Can you? That's another thing. Like, imagine if Tuca said, "No, I want to focus on Tigres." Who would we have as interim in there? Yeah, it's and there, there is something to be said about what Kari was Kari was saying earlier, which is like Tuca is like the, the busiest man in like Mexican <laughs> soccer. He was like he's like going to Canada. For the for the Campeones Cup, and he's taking part in the Copa Mekis with Tigres, and he's flying out to Argentina, he's flying out to the United States. So he he was extremely busy <laughs> with the uh, with the Mexican. And I think that's in, in his credit. You do have to kind of you do have to recognize that as well. We'll see. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see more games in in uh, Comunidad, and I think we will next year. I think uh, as you saw, what um, we got some games coming up that are going to be announced pretty soon, actually. In fact, this week. So keep your eye out on the FMF. Uh, some games will be announced for Mexico already in March, in June. Um, you guys are listening on here. I, I think, you know, you start seeing either San Diego, again, the 49ers Stadium, Atlanta thrown in there, Dallas. Go to now. Don't go to Colcom. It's a, it's a lame stadium. Go somewhere else. No, okay. um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Come over here. That way, that stadium's like three miles that way, so... <laughs> Uh, those are the cities that I'm hearing, but I know for sure there's going to be an announcement so, soon. All right, um, let's uh, jump into the uh, let's jump into the Liguilla. But before we before we do that, is I think Amy's going to talk is going to jump uh, on with us right now. So Amy, if you're watching, I know you are. 
you want to come jump right back on and talk about the prediction contest that we have with the Mexican Soccer Show, our new additions that we have for the Liguilla, the winners. I get to boast a little bit. You know, it's funny. When Jason left, Cruz Azul not only is a super leader, but also <laughs> I took the reins of the Mexican Soccer Show prediction. So, Jason, I know you still watch this from the other side of the world, brother. If you want to come back on the show and at least one more, when you know, if Cruz Azul wins, we better get you on the show, buddy. So. We'll see you right, again. Jason. We love you. We miss you. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if he comes back in. Yeah. All right. Um. We'll wait for Amy to come back and talk about this. But uh, let's talk about Liguilla. And first of all, a little reaction from the last from last weekend. Any big surprises? Specifically, uh, wait. Amy's back. Before we talk about Liguilla stuff, Amy coming back with another great update on what's happening with the Mexican soccer show and our predictions. Um, how the fans can take it away and just can squander all my dreams of, of winning one of these Ligia Madnesses. Let us know. First of all, I don't know how you got seven right this past weekend. I, I It's rigged. I feel like it's rigged. I'm in charge of it and somehow... <laughs> Amy, Amy, how much how much money did Wiso give you? Seven, how much I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I, I signed a non... An NDA? Yeah. Saying one of those, sorry, I can't. It's rigged. I'm in charge of it, but somehow I was doing the tally yesterday, and I was like, "Are you serious?" I like, I, I, like, I like triple checked. I was I like, "There's no one ever." Yes, but as the final regular season games panned out, and oh, let me let me explain to the fans because I saw a few tweets. I'm really sorry. Um, this is what happened, guys. Okay, so Wednesday <laughs> was Wednesday, right? Thursday was Thanksgiving, and then Friday I had an Amy day where I went to go see a really cool DJ, and I just kind of forgot, okay? So I thought the best thing that I could do was look at all 16 weeks. Yes, I went back every 16, every week. Went to go see a really cool DJ. Yes, I did. Go check out my Instagram story, (laughs) at (laughs) Aztecum. No, but so what I did was I looked back at every all the weeks for the past 16 weeks. I tallied it up and I got the average. And then that was the t- the fans average for week 17, which you guys still got five. So, I mean, like, don't complain. Right. But anyway, we still ended up in first. The fans were in second. Adriana was in third. I was in fourth. Cesar was in fifth. And Tom was last. Um, so that's how it <laughs> So that's how it panned out. And so we invited two special guests because we need eight people to get the bracket going. So John Arnold and somebody by the name of Gary Torres is going to be joining us as well. So um, it's a really cool idea that we so gave me for the fans. So fans just stay tuned for the tweets that are going to come out so that because what we're going to do is basically like the players do. I mean, basically like the teams do two legs. You get points for both legs, and then whoever has the most points between the two legs advances to the next stage. Mm-hmm. So look out for the tweets so that you can predict the scores, and then we can see who advances to the next rounds. Wait, and so then who, I have, who am I up against? I'm not, I'm just, wait for the tw- wait for the post. That's I'm, I'm impatient. Are we gonna raffle like in a little bowl with names and see who's? Oh first? yeah, like a con- oh yeah, like like they do no, with, like no, the, the group rankings. stage draw. Yes, no, no rankings, no, rankings. That's why I you got fun. points throughout the whole season, <laughs> guys. God, there is a system. Please. Um, thank you, Amy. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, participate, fans, on uh, on obviously on the polls. 
that you'll have. So if you're, you know, Cruz Azul versus Querétaro, you get to see how many goals Cruz Azul scores, Querétaro scores, and it's gonna be, it should be a lot of fun. Um, if you guys beat all of us, we won't, we won't continue the Liguilla next year. We'll just be like, that's over. <laughs> Cancel the show. Cancel the show. That's what we're gonna do. We can't at least beat the fans. No, we're really good. <laughs> so uh, it'd be fun. Thank you, Amy, for that update. You're welcome. Um, uh, people are asking they want to know more about the Amy Day, JP Santoyo. So there you go. It's like well, that's uh, be a whole uh, blog post about that on Food Mix Nation. Oh no, that is not a blog <laughs> post kind of. That is not a blog post kind of thing that I. Uh, uh, no, but it's. I have a lot of fun making this graphic. It's like my favorite time of the year um, to make this graphic and the brackets and everything. So just look out for that post, and then everybody can see who they're facing. Um, awesome. And then uh, Tom and Adriana, if you're listening to me, I still haven't gotten your guys' predictions. I locked my answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We saw Cesar and Kari already locked in their answers. Boom. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. right. Yeah. I completely forgot. I'll just send it in the the WhatsApp group. I made my own tally of the order. Everybody sent me their their prediction scores because some people would take forever. Oh, I'm always on time. I'm always I'll on time tally. Adriana was the one that was most on time. I can say that. Um, then it was Cesar, close second. I have to tally the points that I did. So it was like three points for the person that came in first. What? Two <laughs> points for the person that came in <laughs> second. So, I'm always last. Lisa was, always, Lisa like, was always last, so he got uh, zero points. So so we'll see. I'll, cool. I'll have those tallied and I'll send it in the group chat. I'm but that was a lot of fun. That was, my, that was my fun for me, and I had to keep it, keep it silent for 17 weeks, so. There's a direct correlation between waiting as long as possible and winning this whole thing because right. what I did. So. All right, Amy, thank you very much. We'll continue to uh, well, guys definitely vote, and we'll see. I want to I want to win this and uh, just stick it to Jason. And be like, what's up? This is what happens. <laughs> All right, guys. And Tom, I get Tom since I I think Tom is gonna be last. I know he's last, and he's probably gonna go against me. Watch this guy win a la Leon. Because he's in eighth place, in <laughs> and uh, he's he does that and wins the whole time. So we'll see. All right, Amy, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you later. Hey, okay. uh, time! Somebody's killing their dog. My dogs are barking. Sorry, oh, it's Patty's dogs. Um, it's all right. It's all right. It happens. It's uh, okay. There's a one in three chance that my cat's gonna jump right in front of me, like at any point. So. Okay. Let's talk Liguilla. Let's talk about the uh, the one versus the eight. As you see, Cruz Azul versus Querétaro. Very, very ex- exciting match. Cruz Azul, el super leader. Um, right off the bat, what chance do you see? If you can give a percentage, guys. Let's, let's go a percentage. Give me a percentage that Querétaro takes this from Cruz Azul. I would go with 35%. I 35%. Think, yeah, I think Querétaro will make things surprisingly difficult if that if that's 35 percent worthy right there i think you have individual players like volpi and Wemis, sanveso barcel ruiz who uh i mean they're pretty talented on there and they also defeated crucial earlier this season uh two nothing if i remember correctly but i mean i mean crucial are just on fire right now they got those three wins in a row uh so i i think i think Caretaro are going to make things a little bit tough but i i, I still see crucial uh, sneaking by uh, into the semifinal stage. Yeah, I have a forty percent Querétaro, sixty Cruzul. Oh, okay. Even though I did take Cruzul, but I I agree with Cesar. I think Querétaro. Uh, I I said at a pre uh, preseason in a, in a podcast that they were going to be one of those teams just like slowly lurking up there, and and they did. I mean, we all thought that Pachuca was going to win that game, and surprisingly, 
they didn't. So Querétaro ended up slipping into eighth. And I think they could give Grasso some trouble. Um, but Grasso has a really stacked team. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't, it's just, they're just stacked. And the chemistry that Elias has with Biojo and it's just, they all play their role. And I think they've been having a great season. So um, I, I, I think 40, 60, but Grasso advances to me. Yeah, when you have a team that has that kind of depth, and when you look at a, a series that's over yeah. two legs, and you have to back Cruz Azul. But then again, wouldn't the most Cruz Azul of Cruz Azul things would be if they, if they, yeah, exactly, if they lost in the quarterfinal stage after being in first place, after like giving so much fan, so much like hype and excitement to their fan base, and then once again the curse continues since uh, 1997 that they their last title. I think this would be. I think this would be their sixth final since, and I uh, don't quote me that, but I think this would be their sixth final since 1997 uh, without a title. So I think that'd be pretty painful for them, but that would get once again, that'd be the most crucial, crucial things. The most crucial thing with them making the, the final and then losing would be. They're varying degrees of the crucial oh, Yeah. What's more just like, yeah. Now or that or on the final in, you know, you have a, uh, I, I just totally lost America's keeper. Um, it's the who's the goalkeeper right now in America? Um, Marchesin? <laughs> yeah, Marchesin score in like some kind of like last free kick or he takes or, free or, kicks, man. Yeah, Marches, yeah. I've seen him take free kicks or free, before. Yeah. He scores in a free kick or a corner kick, you know, and somehow Piojo squeezes in there again, another one in the same sense. Um, I, I you know, Cruz Azul has, I would go, I think you guys are a lot. I think, you know, I think it's 70, 30, you know, 75, 25. I'll look at it that and, and then the leadership and the team, I'm glad to see him in the Liguilla and what they're doing. But at the same time, um, when Cata Dominguez does well in a team, like the team is good. Like <laughs> he played well. I, but I think the thing is, I think uh, the thing is, it's that there's a certain guy next to him called Pablo Aguilar, and I think you could you could you could put Pablo Aguilar next to any defender. Pablo Aguilar made Topo Valenzuela look fantastic <laughs> in Cholos, <laughs> and right now now he's he's working alongside Gata. And I mean, as long as you have Pablo Aguilar, he you're gonna have a solid defense, you oh, know. And God. you also have a backup like Lichnowski, who's also legit yeah. as well. And you also have Chuy Corona, who's Having a, a second win amazing. in his career, so yeah, amazing, amazing season. Uh, Cruz Azul has got uh, you know pretty everything. It's just and even you know one thing that I've always said at Cruz Azul is they've had great players and in obviously the you know coach, someone like like him saying you know that this is one of the most spectacular teams that he's he's seen and he's coached. Um, it's huge. The psychology of Cruz Azul right now is something that I haven't seen in many, many years where these guys believe that they can win. They knew they were going to win the Copa MX and now they're coming in excited. Um, I think it's, it's, I think it's finally going to be a final for, for Cruz Azul, even though I pick America, but I don't see Querétaro or, um, even coming close to it. But who knows? I mean, <laughs> again, we're all at the one point that we're all sure about Cruz Azul. They let, they let us down, even us non fans. Um, one, Thing to note, right? Invierno '98 against Pumas, Invierno '2000 against Atlas, Apertura '2006 against Chivas, Apertura '2010 against Pumas, and I remember uh, Clausura '2014 against My León. Cruz Azul has been super leader and gets knocked off or eliminated. So they yeah. they have at this point before five times since 1998 has been the super leader of of uh of the season and then get uh talk about suffering i think it's going to be different this year except i think they're going to lose in the final but uh 
I mean, I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna go through, but I don't, I don't think they're gonna win at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know they're already talking about who's gonna come up on the next on the next leg, right? I mean, it's it's you shouldn't really be counting the following, but this is like I said, this is a different Cruz Azul. So, um, I think we all can agree that Cruz Azul is gonna go next, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add between that game? Um, I I just want to say that uh, my un- my uncle's a Cruz Azul fan, so this weekend he was like. Tell me who's the best, the best player that Krasul has gotten. I was like, Elias, no. Yeah. Uh, Piojo, no. He's like, Aguilar. And I think I, it just solidifies what Cesar said, that yeah. Aguilar has done great defensively, backbone of Krasul, so, and it shows. I would agree. I would say it's Aguilar. I think, I think oh. uh, people will point at someone like Marcone being the, such oh, a crucial mean. player right there. But I think the Aguilar is just, he could make an average defense look extremely good and he has some good def- he has some decent defenders working alongside him so I, I think it, I think it's Aguilar and I think uh, not to linger around Cruz a little bit longer but I think uh, I've said this for multiple Mexican soccer but I, th- I think a strong defense can carry you quite far uh, in the league yeah great yeah it's I mean even the death like you said it right of, of the team it, it, they're subbing right the people that are coming in are making a difference it's 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 going to be interesting. And I think this is why this makes the Liguilla. It's not just the Ginax. It's not America. It's not, you know, and we'll talk about a little bit about Toluca there. And then obviously the Campeon Santos is coming. And this is very, this is one of the, I think, most exciting Liguillas that I can remember. Especially the quality of the teams that are coming in is that the teams that are going to be there. And Querétaro squeezing in. We talked about it last week. I said, I guarantee you Leon's going to mess it up. People kept saying because it's the family and there's, you know, how can they be owned? And I said it before, like the rivalry between the family and the son of actually doing something against, even though it might cause money problems or whatever, I didn't think they were going to either. I, I I had them losing, but when I was putting that on my, I'm like, man, it's going to be a tie. Watch, because Leon is going to go all out and try not to do that because there's there's certain civil and rivalry. You might love your brother, right? But you don't want your brother to be better than you. <laughs> That's how it is. So I mean, that's, why I, that's why I try to always one up uh, Chicharito. I mean, he's out there killing it in England, but I'm always, obviously the more well known Hernandez uh, from yeah. our family. Definitely. Uh, there's some really quick. Yeah, I know there's some Boselli drama that's in there uh, that you know that they the want to talk about. It. That as far as the Leon final, Cadi and I are like, are you serious? But is he still worth it? So we won't really talk about it right there. I'm sure Cadi and I will be tweeting. I know a really good, and I'm going to do a quick plug. Um, Nacion Esmeralda does a great job in English on Twitter. Uh, if you're a Leon fan, yeah. uh, definitely a lot and kind of kept up on that. So if you have some 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 uh, some questions or anything, give it out to those guys. They do a great job on Twitter, Nacion Esmeralda. Um, and then and doing that. So it should be should be a lot of fun. All right, let's go into the two versus the seven. That is America contra Toluca. Uh, exciting, exciting game. Again, I feel like this, this these matchups are perfect. In my eyes, Toluca has always found a way. It's like Cristante knows how to play Piojo and can give those hard. I mean, they can beat. If there's a team that I think, you know, has, is like, it's it's like the Mexico to Brazil. They, You know, we can't, Brazil can't just beat us all flat out except for this World Cup. Like somebody, somebody explained that they're like the little rock in the shoe. I feel that that's like Toluca to Amer- America in these past years. Toluca, a team that um, is not given that, you know, one of the four greats, but definitely has the titles in there. Um, and then America, America, who, like I said at the beginning, has had a great season, has fought for the first top three places from week one, um, is a team that's got a, a lot, a lot of talent. And Piojo, on the pressure of needing to win, is going to make these very, very exciting. How do you guys see this game? 
Who do you think comes out of it? And uh, I'll give you again that percentage. Toluca, what percentage do you see them winning? What, what percentage you gave? See, you said uh, 60, Cari, and then Cesar, you said 35? It's a 35 for Queretaro, yeah. Now, does that change? Toluca? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with uh, 20%. Okay, uh, what? Toluca yeah. has a low I'm... chance of beating America and Queretaro can beat Cruz Azul. I, I I think yeah I, no I I think I think Queretaro has a wait I'm a little confused so Toluca has a twenty percent chance of uh, defeating oh, I'm sorry. America. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah, Toluca has a twenty percent chance. Uh, okay. Sorry, I don't. Something got lost there right there for wait, a second. Wait. No, no, wait. So you so Queretaro has a better chance of beating Cruz Azul. Yes. Giving them okay. Yeah. Yeah. Toluca has of beating yeah. America. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I I think I hate to boil it down to just like one stat but i think that i continue to be convinced unconvinced uh by toluca away from home i think every single time i've seen them away from home they haven't really been they really don't do that well and of all the playoff teams i believe they have the worst uh away record uh uh from the top eight so i wouldn't be surprised if the first leg was a little bit i don't know maybe it's a tie maybe they sneak by with a narrow win but I, I don't know. I, I I see America getting that maybe like a two nothing, perhaps even three nothing win in the second leg. And I know that we talk about yeah, Crisante maybe him at the Luca can make things uh, tough for America. But over two legs, I, I don't know. With that roster, I, I think the Luca's roster is good enough to qualify for the playoffs. But I just don't see them as a genuine title contender. I just don't see them sneaking past the quarterfinal stage. And I think when you look at the squads, I mean, just America, they're superior to them and i think that you also have to support the side that has 33 goals in 17 games and that's america so i i don't know i, I think first game would be a surprise if it's a draw but i think america is going to get potentially get like a two or three nothing win in that second leg okay okay Cardi percentages for you i am gonna go with a 55 45 oh um so with a 45 just because I like this match a lot. I think in the middle there, Cody. 60, 40, 45. On the next one you're gonna be, it's gonna be fifty-seven to <laughs> I just think I just think Toluca could play could play at two two with America. I yeah. really do. And I think they're very intense. The rivalry is intense. I think I I mean I don't know if you guys I wanna see Tristan to choke Piojo again. That's it was my highlight of, you know, a couple of weeks ago anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really think it's a it's a great matchup. I think Toluca has really great players, Sambu, uh, Alexis Vega, Salinas. They have really good quality. I just think it's just a matter of exploding it in La Liguilla. America, I mean, come on, they do have a stack squad. Um, if you look at their, uh, their center back duo, they have seven goals this so far this uh, season. Um, and that's sitting um, Alvarez on bench, which I kind of was, you know, oh, don't say that's on Alvarez because I really want to see that youngster. He's young. But um, I don't know. I actually said a draw in the first leg. I think mm-hmm. I do think it's a draw the first leg. So, I think depending on that game, I'll, my my percentages might clarify more in the second leg. Um, but I really like this match. Um, I think it's going to be a, re- a really good one. And I'm kind of shocked that the Luca did lose versus Lobos this weekend because I didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh, but I think maybe they'll take that to bounce back and fire against America. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So as of right now, first leg, that's my percentage because I did, I did say a draw first leg. All right. All right. All right. And, and 
I, I like I like the percentages. This is kind of what I brought it out to see where you're thinking are and on who's getting closer to doing upset in that sense. We should do uh, fractions the next it, one. Yeah, it's like 49 <laughs> and a half, 51. Um, 48 and a half, 51. What about you, Lisa? What are your percentages? Um, I'm gonna go. I don't. I. I mean, I said 25%. I'd maybe give it 30%. See, I'm on the low end. I don't think there's, you know, on that sense, 30%. Toluca, like I said, I'm kind of with you there. Cristante, I also predicted it. Uh, I actually said 0-0 zero, zero on the first leg um, because that's what Piojo likes to do, like to finish things. Um, I think um, he knows that, you know, a player like Sambo can be the difference maker. And then the rivalry between there, I'm predicting a red card. From I was going to say that. Sambu better <laughs> not get a red card. He better not get a red card. As soon as Toluca's not, he knows he's not going to win. And, in, in, you know, and in, in they're in Mexico City in El DF, and Sambu's already like 2 0. Sambu's going to get a red card. Like, I'll go with 400% percentage right there for that. For that. 400%. You heard it here. Although he's calmed down, right? Maybe it was the whole America thing. It's, no, he's still some West. He's still some West. Yeah. I think it's heightened. Um, we call it, we call it Samwesa, Framwesa, the color of, of the reds that he gets in in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I could go with there. America closing really well. Just the talent that they have. Um, also, you know, Tiberio is not going to be there for Toluca because he's expelled. Uh, America much superior, so I, I'm going to go with America on this. And uh, as much as I would kind, I want to see Toluca keep on winning and give that argument maybe more titles than any other team, but not as popular in the, in the United States. So people could really fight about the four top teams. But um, I just don't see the uh, this Toluca as much as I like Cristante too. So kind of taking over that. So that's – it should be a fun game. Though. That's another fun – this is what I'm saying. These these games are – every single one of them are a lot of fun. We have that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, switching over, Pumas, Tigres, Felinos, the Cats going in. This is a, a, a great game that we have. Ginax going 14 goals. We want to see Mr. Liguilla again, and this is where he shines. Although last season he really didn't shine in the Liguilla. Um, but this is it. You know, here's Tuca. This is where he shines, and especially during the Liguilla, they could uh, win a game. Um, usually we've seen. Ginax scored 10 or more goals. This time he scored 14. Um, for me, Pumas, very irregular. At times they can be well, but then all of a sudden they're not. I The only positive that I see maybe is because Pumas is closing at home. and and But again, Tigres in Monterrey, Tigres in Nuevo Leon, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that stadium and Tuca and everybody all fired up. So for you guys... What do you see uh, as far as, I guess, well, let, let's, let's talk about it. Who's the favorite here? Tigres? Tigres is clear favorite. Well, even though the table doesn't say it? Yeah, Tigres yeah. is the favorite. Oh, come on. It's, it's Liga Mekis. We play like yeah, four yeah. Ga- We play like three games and go into the playoffs. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, but they're at number three. But they're at seven. No, it's 17 games over like a few months. No, it's 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 100% Tigres. When you look at their momentum, you look at the squad, and you look at... When you look at the fact that uh, Tuca doesn't have to worry about um, his side gig over there, his second job. Some people Uber, Tuca decides to take charge of Altri. Uh, so I think that <laughs> I think that uh, Tigres are definitely going to be the favorite here. And I think another thing uh, that you're going to have to uh, keep an eye on is that I think, and I hate to bring it up, just be like, oh, it's only a home form or away form. But I think one of the things that we've learned this season is that oh, you yeah. can't trust Bumas at home. You 100% can't trust Bumas at home. Two wins, four draws, two losses, 14 goals allowed 
at home. And I feel like every single time I've seen it at home, there's just something that's really bizarre. Maybe it's the kickoff time. Maybe it's the fact it's uh, early on a Sunday. I don't know. But there's just really, really something odd about Pumas at home. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tigres at least get a draw in that first leg and then they go over to Mexico City and then get a win there. So I think that the two things you have to keep in mind, Tuca now going all in with Tigres as opposed to focusing on all three and that Pumas just, I don't know. They're just, uh, as strange as it is to say the team that third place is unconvincing at home when you have a side that only has two wins. I, I don't know. You can't you can't feel that confident about them. Cesar, before you uh, before I go over the caddy, percentage. Percent, percent for Pumas per- to win. Percentage for Pumas? I'll I'll go with uh, honestly I'm gonna I'll go with fifteen percent. I'm gonna drop it down to fifteen percent. I am very, very you know actually you know I'll go with a fourteen point eight three 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 three. You know those you little lines Querétaro, you go about the threes. Querétaro beating Cruz Azul, and you have Toluca beating America more than Pumas beating. Interesting. I like see. No, I, I just think that they just right now they're the most informed and powerful team in the league. And that seeding doesn't really matter in Liga Mackeys because it's 17 games. Yeah, and we true. say it's a season, but it's just a few months. It's true, it's true. All right, Cadi, to you, start with the percentages and then give us your take on who's going to win and why. Uh, I'll give Pumas 20%. And I'm being nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree. I, Pumas, very inconsistent, sums up the regular season for them. I think they can't be as credible. They could be winning... Puebla beating Puebla 2-0 and they get tied last minute 2-2, which was what happened in one of the games. And Pumas is very inconsistent as much as it probably hurts my dad because my dad's a Pumas fan. But um, all over the place with teams. Right? Um, This would be a fun fun time. It it will. It will be. Um, And I think what happened with Pumas last season, they miracle got into La Liguilla and got trashed by America. But you know, they're in third place. I, I kind of predicted that they were going to decline in Omega to La Liga, which did not happen. But um, Tigres, I still feel they've been neglected this whole season. I, I It's not a Tigres that I feel comfortable with. I mean, just despite the quality that they do have, how they've been playing hasn't been on great. Duca hasn't even admitted it. Like, I don't like how they've been playing, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean that they could not turn it up in La Liga, which they eventually do. Um, I mean, the win, the sixth win over Puebla, four goals by Gignac, I think everybody was kind of more feeling Tigres. Oh, yeah, Tigres is, you know, grande para ganar. And then they are, but I don't know. Um, I, I think it'll be difficult for Tigres next leg. I, I mean, next, um, not the next leg, like uh, next phase yeah, for next them. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it should be any problem with Tigres beating Pumas. I, I don't see it. I think they'll run into trouble the next phase. Um, and just to say, Tigres has Gignac for a little bit more longer. He renewed with them. So yeah. excited yeah. to see Gignac stay in Mexico. I so. see. I mean, I, if I'm trying, if a Pumas fans looking at it, guys, you guys are just crapping on my team. There is a little bit of hope. Let yeah, me, I am. A little All right with that. A little bit of tiny, tiny hope. I, um, I have never seen the Tigres won the last, you know, four or five years have this bad of a defense. There are a lot of score, a lot of goals have been scored against Tigres. A little lazy on that side, but on the same time, Pumas is the same way. So I think on both sides, there's a lot of offense. I think we're going to see a lot of goals. And if Pumas can just try to get, I, you know, if 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 Tuca goes out there like he has, for example, that Libertadores final and, and tries to do everything in the second leg or or doesn't take advantage of that home you know home team advantage of the first game. And with that lazy defense that Tigres has at times that we've seen and Pumas just, you know, 
appears. And even though they've been on a slump, if you saw this weekend, Pablo Barrera missing two clear chances um, in that sense and just kind of comes back. There's your hope, Pumas fan. Um, I think it can be done. And I'm I'm thinking at like 35%. No, I'll give it 40%. Just because oh. I've seen that regular, uh, that uh, just like you said, you know, Tuca hasn't been there. And uh, even though Dinak has already signed up, um, I can see kind of all fall apart. And, you know, and if they go back and Pumas is up 1-0, 2-1, and then they go back and, uh, in, 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 in Mexico City over there in, in Seoul. So, but, 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 you get they just squeeze through. Just advances, yeah. And then we have that. So at least, you know, we're giving you guys a little bit of hope. All right, the last tag before we have to go. I know we're already past the hour mark. Uh, Santos, el campeón. Um, in my very, in my taste, I don't want Santos to win because, you know, I want to keep that. I want to put that tweet as soon as Santos is, is, is out. Be, you know, be campeones. Only one team, which is Leon. Oh, so, hopefully Kim Tate isn't listening. Uh, Kim, uh, I love you. You're great. Thank you for everything you do with the, with the Santos. But it's a, it's, it's a personal. If you if you have a bicampeon, then we won't be the bicampeones. That's the only thing Leon has. We don't have Boselli anymore. At least we can keep that. At least that's the only thing I can say. It's hard to win two tournaments in a row. And if Santos does it, I don't have anything else. All right? Um, you but, Landon, the greatest American soccer player of all. Your favorite player of all time, Lisa. I think it... <laughs> we have that. We're going to talk about that. All right. <laughs> I saw your picture. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Hey, that's all in the WhatsApp group, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Santos Monterrey out of the all. Oh, I, I get it. It's like it's like I kind of want you know Monterrey was supposed to be this team, and I'm just kind of like you know what? Even though I don't want Santos to win, I want Santos to win on this one. But let's talk about percentages. And first of all, who's the underdog in this? Is, I don't know. I'm thinking. I mean, because because if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna jump straight into percentages, I'm gonna go fifty fifty. Yeah. I don't know. What? I think this is the toughest one to call. I think obviously you think that Monterrey are the the stronger team on paper. I think that uh, I, I don't know when you when you look at someone like Diego Alonso who could uh, potentially carry them kind of far into the the series, but. And then they're, they're better form too. Santos have looked a little unconvincing in their last few games. I know they've basically got the playoffs like all but secured in the last few weeks. Maybe there wasn't motivation to do well, but I, I think that they looked a little worse in the last few weeks. Once again, I think momentum is huge in the playoffs. But then again, I would make the argument that the most lethal attacking duo in the league is Furch and Rodriguez. And I think that that would potentially carry Santos past Monterrey. Um, so I don't know. I'll go with 50, 50. Maybe if, if I had to choose one side over the other, I'm going to say you will. it's, it's 50.1 for Santos. And then, yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay. You can, although hopefully there's no, it's not an electoral college cause you can still win the popular vote, but then I don't know. You still aren't able to get through. But anyhow, great, great segue into that. We don't even know. Caddy <laughs> <Good> <laughs> percentages. Okay, who's your underdog? My underdog is Monterrey. Okay, all right. Um, I'm gonna go a total one sixty on on Cesar on this. I'm gonna go Santos seventy five percent, Monterrey thirty five. Okay. Right. Wow. Um, <laughs> I I don't like this Monterrey. They have showed nothing for me this whole season. Nothing. They have good players. Yes. They haven't done anything. 
Diego Alonso, me and Tom were talking about on our podcast. Diego Alonso, it's like if Mohamed never left. Diego Alonso has done nothing to the squad. He hasn't added, he hasn't had, Monterrey doesn't have a style of play determined. They don't. They really don't. So I think they just mellowed out throughout the whole season, win here, win there. Collectively, I don't like how they're playing. They have good players. They have Pavon. They have Funes Moris, you know. I just, there's a team with no identity. I, I just don't see them going far. I really don't. Um, you do have a, a a stacked team, but I just really want them to engage me. Like, oh my god, this Monterrey is actually playing good. Like, it's exciting. It's not exciting to me. Yeah. Um, Bizarro, horrible season. Horrible season. And yeah, I think it's great. just yeah. talent yeah. gone to waste in yeah, Mexico. Great. Was yeah. at his prime. He should have been exported. And I'm going to keep saying that, but it's not a great season with Monterrey. I don't see this Monterrey as a strong. I don't fear them, honestly. Um, so Santos, I think, since I really mentioned it well, Furch, lethal striker that will continue to make goals and his combination with Cabecita, awesome quality. Um, we can expect Osvaldo Martinez to make a free kick goal in this Ligia, of course. Um, so that, I just think Santos has this easily. Oh wow, the confidence is what I like, Cari. On on that, I'm I'm a little bit around the set side. It could go either way. I'm I'm still going to give it to Santos, almost in the same reason as to why. Because I'm pissed the fact that Rayados hasn't been the Rayados that we thought it was going to be. It's kind of like on a personal, right? It's it's you know Pizarro going over there. They have the money. They have the the fans, the stadium. Mohamed left and left a good team, and here we go. Um, and just it's you know, but then again. Look, they made it to the Liguilla. That just tells you that every other team under Rayados being there. Yeah, bad. I guess because because I guess it's all about uh like well the expectation because I I might be a hundred percent wrong in this, but haven't they qualified for like they they've been in like the top eight for like like I think it's like a year or two consecutively. Like they've never dropped out of the top eight. I, I might be a hundred percent wrong in this, but I feel like I saw a stat somewhere out there that they've never been out of the top eight in like a year or two, yeah. which is pretty crazy. But then again. I guess that's easy to say, but then when you look at your neighbors and you look at Thegas and just the the fact that they're basically they're the closest to to us having a, a dynasty in recent years, so you would imagine a lot of Rayados fans are feeling a little jealous about uh, what Thegas are accomplishing. But yeah, but I do agree. Yeah, it's not it's not the most exciting Monterrey side. But I, I I don't know those, some of those individuals. I'd be surprised if they step up during the playoffs. Yeah, but then again, I, I could totally see all of a sudden these you know the, the great players and all of it comes back and Rayado somehow upset and they can because I'm not saying Santos has been an amazing amazing thing like American Tigres and or Cruz Azul in that sense. Now, um, but we'll see what happens after this. Um, I do have to say that after this, neither of these teams going to a final. Um, if we want to keep going, so. We'll, we'll continue. All right, but that's our, that's our, that's our prediction, guys. I know we went a little bit over. I wanted to give you a good a good uh, a good show with what we thought about it. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's on the as far as prediction wise, right? We everybody picked. Uh, did you say Monterrey? Right, Cesar. That's the only one that you said Monterrey. Just a little bit over Santos or Santos or Monterrey. No, I, I said so. So my yeah. my my four Cruz Azul, America, Tigres, Santos. Yeah, I think that's all four for for you too, Cari. Right, Cruz Azul, yeah. America. Yeah, I think I think uh, we all agree on that, guys. Tell us our predictions. Are we wrong, Rayados fan, Santos fan, Pumas 
Toluca fans, are, do you hate our predictions or or do you know that that's what's going to happen? They always hate our predictions. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Gracias, Cari, for jumping on. You're always uh, welcome to come on the show and uh, help us out with uh, all of your knowledge. I know that uh, you have a great podcast, obviously, in our football podcast, and you also have a podcast with Mr. Tom Harrison, friend of the Food Max Nation, on there. Tell us a little bit about what you do, and give. Uh, I know Amy you know, said, hey, go to my Instagram. So this is your time to uh, say, hey, go to uh, this is what I do and follow. So here's your 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 little 10 seconds of promoting Gotti. Okay, so as you guys know, I do have the podcast with the ladies, our football podcast, all women's podcasts about football. Definitely follow us. Um, and then I also have the podcast with Tom, which is called Another Football Podcast. Um, we actually got the name from a Twitter fan because we were like, we have no idea what to name this. So um, <laughs> we constantly do a podcast every week, basically Liga Mekis. We've done different, um, just kind of like the games that we've watched. They're not the typical games like, oh, the America. No, we'll talk about like, a Necaxa Toluca game, you know, that people don't really talk about. And, you know, we do Liga Mekis, basically, El Tri, when El Tri shows out. But when we usually, El Tri games, we usually try and do something fun because friendlies are depressing and we don't want to do a Molero podcast that I've joked about. <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow us um, on SoundCloud. It's under the Colorful Kits. And our podcast is um, another football podcast. So it's like a weekly podcast. So you guys should join us. We do lots of Q&As. Whatever you guys want to listen to, we'll, we'll make it up. So Lots yeah. and lots of league. Oh, yeah. I mean, something that yeah. and and I, five years ago, we're like, there's no one talking about it. And, it's and cool. you know what? It, it's awesome because Tom is in Mexico. So he gets to go to the game. So it's kind of more like, hey, talking about your experience, what you see at the game. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Not to be confused with Mr. Tom Marshall, it's Tom Harrison, for those of you guys who don't know also. So, Mr. Tom Harrison, great, great, great friend. He's also been uh, associated here with Food Max Nation and all that. So, lots of cool content. Thank you so much for Cardi for coming on. Um, and then also plug in that Our Football Podcast, so it's, it's really awesome. All right, Cesar, I'm asking you to end it again. Give us, uh, you know, you're going to end the show and say goodbye to everybody and thanking them. Y nos vemos hasta la próxima. Cesar, take it away. Yeah, so always a lot of stuff to keep an eye on when it comes to Mexican soccer. Uh, you got uh, not only uh, the women's uh, U17 taking part in the semis of the, the World Cup, but you also got the Femenil playoffs, which are currently happening, if I remember correctly. I think Chivas and America are the only uh, feminine teams that are through. You got the Ascenso Amequis playoffs happening at the same time. For those who are keeping an eye on Tata Martino, the MLS playoffs are going on as well. There, we haven't even we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Mexicans abroad. So always a lot of exciting stuff to talk about when it comes to Mexican soccer. And uh, yeah, let's see what we talk about next week because it just seems like there's just a never-ending supply of, of of things to discuss. We haven't even discussed the Club World Cup. We haven't discussed. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to keep on rambling. I'm going to keep on rambling if we if we if we continue this. So <laughs> thank you all, and thank you all in the chat. Thank you, Cari. Thank you, Wiso. Thank you, Amy. Uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Enough enough people that I thank right there. I don't care about the rest of you. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Another episode of the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta la próxima.